Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She is really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need to bring the people of the world together. And when we hear the voices of women, when we listen to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our cultures without differences or stereotypes, and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Kira Buka. Kira is part of the U.S. team for pole dancing and holds a world title for Ultra Pole, which is basically the biggest tricksters going against each other and throwing down the craziest stuff until there is only one winner. Kira is known in pole dancing for her dynamic tricks. She's becoming known as the power spin queen and she runs a socially aware fashion art and celebrity magazine called Jejune Mag. They only promote people who give back to the world. Kira is also a fashion photographer for with her own photography page on Instagram. Kira, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored. I'm privileged. I'm lucky and looking forward to learn more about you. So I will begin with this nice first question. If your friends and the people who know you most could describe your personality, what would they say about you? I think they would describe me as a crazy trickster. <laughs> so they would say that I'm pretty much down for anything and pretty much to go anywhere and excited to do that. And I have nonstop energy and I just go, go, go. I have so many questions about that because one of the things I feel is important is that many women and girls who could feel shy or confined to their comfort zone can learn from your craziness. So I want the mindset or the perspective behind all that. What motivates you to go for the craziest tricks, to be down for any adventures or crazy things? Is it you think life is too short? Is it you had times in the past where you felt limited and you're like breaking free with all that energy? Is it because you have a perspective that every day is not like we don't know what tomorrow will bring. So let's take this day to the maximum or what about you, your mindset, your beliefs, and the way you see the world creates this person who goes for the craziest tricks and adventures? So I think there's multiple levels to this question. One, I definitely grew up with a father who loves to travel. So I think that kind of already instilled a sense of adventure. Um, I studied abroad in Australia when I was like 19, 20. Um, and I... Like, it already kind of was like I was independent all by myself, and, like, I kind of started all that. But then as I started progressing into things, like, I never really wanted anything to hold me back. Uh, like, I went to grad school for neuroscience, and then I was like, oh, but I love fashion photography more. So I moved to New York City 
completely by myself um, to pursue that. And then whole happened. And it's just been like, a, I don't let things get in my way. And if there isn't a solution, I create a solution. Like my magazine, I was like, huh, well, I really appreciate fashion, but I am a humanitarian and how fashion is not typically known for being generous. So it was like, hmm, how can I combine forces? I want to create images that are really inspiring and socially aware, but nobody wants to publish those. So I will create a magazine that is all about getting a voice out to the voiceless and promoting nonprofits and this and that. Um, so there's that. And then I think also COVID kind of like tipped that scale even further. Because I live in New York City, and when COVID hit, I was in one of the most hit neighborhoods uh, in the city. Uh, we heard ambulances 24-7 for a month solid, uh, and I didn't really leave my house for almost two months. It was crazy. Uh, I had a best friend who had a heart transplant during the whole thing. He had a major heart failure. He was in ICU the whole time. So I really felt trapped. So the second that like things were available, I just kind of full extreme <laughs> and I haven't stopped since I basically travel almost every month every other month other countries uh, all over the place and I started training during COVID with some of the best pole dancers in the world all online so COVID had its pluses I work with incredible people and I travel to Turkey at least once a year to train with one of the best pole dancers in the world to learn all the crazy things and I was just like you know what the world has no limits and I am limitless and I haven't stopped. I love that. I love that so much. And I want to ask because there is an ingrained tendency within human beings and the human brain for catastrophizing, which is to always think that the worst thing will happen. You spoke about going to Australia, traveling solo doing projects, finding solutions. Did you have that part of your mind that tells you, oh, no, there could be danger or anxiety or whatever it is? How did you overcome it? What do you say to yourself? Does it even happen to you? Tell me more, because someone who has that a mind that criticizes them and tells them, no, 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 you could die if you travel alone or whatever it is. What can they learn from you so that they can be more free and go out of their shell with velocity and don't stop just like you? So I would say, honestly, like I've traveled with people, I've met people, I travel for competitions, and then I've traveled solo. And honestly, some of my best experiences were solo. I am an introvert, so, you know, maybe for an extrovert, it would be a little bit more challenging. But even when you're traveling, like, you'd be surprised how, like, suddenly people just start talking to you. Like, especially if you're, like, that weirdo who's clearly not from that area. People just gravitate. and They're curious. You're something new and shiny. So and everywhere I've been, like, taught pole dancing in Egypt, you know, you Go to Turkey, you know, I've gone to like Muslim countries where you think that like people would not be very receptive to like pole dancing, but people just eat it up. Like I was on the plane ride back from Guadalupe just a couple of days ago and my I talked to people left and right and I'm educating them on, you know, how pole dancing is becoming an Olympic sport. And you know, people just are hungry for something new and interesting. So 
people on average, I think are good. And maybe I'm just idealistic, but I've been so far lucky. Obviously I've had my problems. I should certainly tell you about my first two years in New York city and they were nuts, but you know, we overcome and we really push to, to do what the best we can do. And fear is really only a limiting factor. And I just dismiss it most of the time. <laughs> so that's all about my whole dancing. I'm kind of known as being fearless. I'm like, oh, what's this crazy thing? Could I die? We'll throw it out on that, see how it goes. Like today I'm on a trip, trip and I'm like, mm, I might bash my head vocal. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I really love this. And you mentioned that people are hungry for something new. You're educating people on how pole dancing is becoming an Olympic sport and all that. Can you educate us or anyone listening? What do you feel are the exciting things about pole dancing? What benefits your body and personality? What's cool about it and the people who all over your world, the world you have taught, well, maybe even for the first time, what do they say? How is their feedback? What points seem to be related to what interests them in trying this and keeping at it? Pole dancing, I think a lot of people consider it therapy. It becomes an obsession. It's like this magical community of crazy people who just, a lot of people go and work out because they want to be fit, they want to be healthy, yada, yada. Most people who go into pole dance are not the typical people who are going to hit the gym. There's certainly, you know, a crossover for sure. Um, but there's a lot of people, myself included, people are always like, oh, what else do you do than pole dance? Uh, I flex strain and I, that's only because I want to be more flexible for pole. Like I really don't enjoy it. It's, it's torture. Um, but I do it because I want to be beautiful on the pole. Um, not beautiful, but like physically, I don't care so much about that. I care about the pole and that's how these people are. And it's like a bunch of like crazy ninjas. And like, we just kind of go and try new things and, it's one of the most inclusive communities you'll ever contact because we're on the fringe. Like we're, we're weirdos. We are very LGBTQ friendly. We're in the circus or sex workers. Like there's so much crossover between so many communities and it's across the globe. And it's so exciting to meet another pole dancer because you kind of feel like you're on the same wavelength in a lot of ways. So it's, it's a really magical place. And even like with competing, like I've been blown away with how supportive people are across the globe. One of my favorite stories is when I was a young baby pole dancer and I went to a competition, I was stalking the people who I was competing against. And I am by far not a fangirl. And like, I literally shoot celebrities and I'm like, Hey, what's up? No worries. It's cool. You know, we have normal lives and conversations and it's no big deal. But I saw this one woman and she was fabulous. She was doing everything I was doing plus more and was doing it beautifully. And I was so excited and terrified of competing against her. So when I met her backstage before the competition, I like totally fangirled out. And it's like totally, again, not something I do. So I was like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. And she was all like, oh, thanks, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like we both competed. And during my competition piece, I messed up a 
part of it, which I was fairly upset about, I could say. So I got off the stage and I was feeling kind of bummed. And out of nowhere, this girl who I literally met like, you know, minutes before came running at me full force, threw her arms around me and was like, that was amazing. You are amazing. And I basically just stopped and rose. <laughs> I was like, here's a girl I'm literally competing against and I had never met before. And she knew exactly what I needed at that moment. And it was just amazing. Like the, the community is so supportive. Like at this point, all my friends are pole dancers. When I travel most of the time, I'm literally just bouncing all over the world, visiting pole dancers. Like I literally just got back from Guadalupe visiting a girlfriend out there. It's this beautiful, beautiful place with these beautiful people. That sounds so inspiring. I love that very much. And for me, I have to ask, there are or we live in a time, like you said, you are on the fringe. The community is so open and so supportive and everybody is inclusive and full of loveliness. There are people who are not in such communities. What would be your recommendation for, for example, to someone who feels surrounded by people they don't understand and don't understand them, who seem to be judgmental so they cannot be themselves, especially women in some parts of the world? Do you think they should seek such communities like a pole dancer community? Or if not, when speaking to people, even as an introvert, what traits or like green flags do you notice in people that let you know this is a kind of person that could be part of my tribe, my kind of people, that over time you can create, for example, a group of friends that is as open, inclusive, supportive as the pole dancing community? I mean, I think that's a tricky question depending on where you live. I have a girlfriend who's a pole dancer and she lives in Pakistan. So like, you can find these fringe people, um, but I have pole dancer friends in Russia. Mostly all my friends are pole dancers, so it's superfluous. <laughs> yeah, but anyhow, um, so my friends in Russia, I think I'm closer to, so I'm going to use them as a talking point. Obviously, there's this horrible war going on, and my friend is very anti the war, um, but he can't talk about it because if he get, talks about it, he could theoretically go to jail. Um, so even when I talk to him, even though I'm talking to him over the phone or something like this or video chat or whatever, we make our conversation cryptic. So we won't say certain names, certain words, certain things. You have to be very careful. And I feel for the women in Iran and all these countries, Afghanistan, that like are really in a tough place where it, it's hard to know who your allies are. And what could happen if you tell somebody the wrong thing? And even honestly, like, I love the pole community, but I've had people try to sabotage me. Like, I've had some very gnarly things happen. I always kind of think of, like, that whole story with the ice skater who had her knees bashed in. I'm like, I came kind of close to that. <laughs> so, like, there aren't good people in all communities, you know? Like, you're always going to find the positives and the negatives. And, you know, I think with everybody, like you have to kind of find your niche and, you know, in this day and age, it's hard to know who exactly to trust. Um, 
I've just kind of built it up along the way and I get a good feeling off of people. And sometimes it's like the people who you don't imagine. It's so funny. Like you meet somebody at an event and you would think, you know, this is my competitor, for example, or this is a person who I like have nothing in common with before long. You've become best friends. Like I have a girlfriend I met at a pole camp and she sat down next to me. She was like, is your name Kirabuka? And I was like, she was like, I'm your competitor. And I was like, great. She looks scary and very strong. So I was like, oh God, I'm going to die. And we spent the rest of the camp, the pole camp together, hanging out, training together, conditioning. When I came to the competition, which happened to be in her home country, she brought me cookies and treats from her home country so that I could experience it. I met her mom. Like, like, you never know. But then, like, I've met other people who, like, you would think we have so much in common, we'd be so perfect. And I guess they just feel threatened by me and they go the opposite direction. So you really have to be careful and try to, you know, find the best people you can. And yeah. Thank you. And I want to speak about your magazine. What was the story or the idea to start it? You said there is some thing related to the fashion world and how you want to add more altruism and charity into it. But also very importantly, as someone who needs to train a lot, travel, compete, how do you find the time in order to create this project, create your magazine, grow it, help it become better while you're already having a full plate of things to do? Remember when I said my friends think I'm crazy? <laughs> I do a lot of things. <laughs> I'm also working on a fitness app. So like, yeah, I, I take on many projects. I'm definitely a project person. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically my magazine started in 2016 when a certain individual became the U.S. president, up much to the dismay of over the majority of the people of the USA, I would say. <laughs> And it was really scary. I was a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter. I went out hitting the streets, trying to promote for him to get elected. Um, I was fine with Hillary as an alternative. And then when she didn't get elected, I was utterly shocked. I was like, oh, wow, okay, I clearly am not doing the right things. I'm not doing enough things. So I kind of pivoted and I was like, you know what? Trump is going to be making a lot of decisions and destroying opportunities for a lot of people. So I'm going to try and be a platform to be a voice or an opportunity to give a voice for people who might be having that stripped away. And it was scary. So I just opened it up and it honestly made, and it has made the past X amount of years since so much better for me um, because I'm literally surrounded by and constantly reminded by all these incredible people who just give back and care and are doing whatever they can for the world. Even, you know, they could choose to just be a fancy celebrity and live their high life. But instead, some of these people really do get their hands dirty and it's, it's really beautiful. Um, and it's been quite a celebration and I, I love being an excuse for these people to have this opportunity to talk about instead of just talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm an actress or oh, yeah, I play this song or whatever. They can be like, you know what? Yes, I do this. This is cool. But let's talk about the homeless population. Let's talk about 
what's going on in Iran, like our next or our current cover model right now, this model use is like when everything is happening with anti-abortion, which is still happening. Um, he's out traveling and checking, like going to abortion clinics and helping women and being a presence to, for women's rights, which is amazing because he's a guy like, you don't see a lot of guys really stepping up like this. It's, it's really quite beautiful. So, and our next cover is an Iranian woman who's, you know, been on the forefront of fighting against enforced hijabs. Like, you know, it's it's really exciting to like see these people who are going above and beyond. Now, obviously, they're talented in the arts and whatever else they're focused on mostly the arts from my magazine, but, you know, really waking people up. And what I love about it is, like, maybe you are a fan of a particular thing. Like, we promoted a woman on Dancing Moms, which is not a show that I would typically watch. But she's going to have a whole other following than what I would have. And hopefully she will bring that following to my magazine and they'll be like, oh, she did the, you know, she was on Dancing Moms, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll read and they'll see, oh, she's also really big about anti-bullying. And what else is here? And maybe they'll look further into the magazine and see what else is there. And maybe they would be on a completely different wavelength than our typical readers. But maybe they'll start seeing other things. Maybe they'll become more open to LGBTQ rights. Who knows? Like... There is that opportunity and it just sits there in a positive, friendly way that I'm trying to make very approachable in a, in a world that I feel is very divided these days. Thank you. And I agree with you 100% in this perspective and in the things you're aiming to change. And I want to explore the photographer in you because we didn't address that part of your personality. When you're being behind the lens or behind the camera, in a way as the photographer, what do you try to capture? How do you find your voice? What is your photography voice? And what is your goal or the thing you feel is most important to express in any photo so that you put a bit of like sprinkles of your soul into it and you feel satisfied with the work so i think this is a thing that's evolved a lot over the years i i think a lot of people look at photographers and they're like oh there's somebody who captures light in a really cool way i feel like as a fashion photographer and uh, celebrity photographer i'm i'm more of a director than anything else yes i understand light yes i know how to like make it well exposed photograph um but in reality it's really connecting with the person there's a real like you have to kind of dive into a person and i always tell people like uh, i used to do a little bit of like online dating consulting um for people uh and especially like and friends and stuff so i can i can tell you exactly a person's personality by looking at them because I look at photos so much and I can just dive into a person just by a glance, particularly through a photo, because people tell a lot. It is, you know, like the Native Americans say, like, it, you know, it's like capturing a bit of your soul. So I think there's like this connection that a photographer has to make with a subject and they have to make that subject feel at home and comfortable. 
And you want to bring that out. And then you know, obviously, if it's going to be more of a storytelling, then you're trying to bring out a particular mood and getting that person to, to vibe with that mood. And you know, I think that's the most important thing these days is really trying to pull out that magic. Like It's basically like producing a film except for all in one picture. Thank you so much, Kira. It was honestly my privilege and my honor to have you here to share your experiences and perspective. I wish you even more crazy adventures. I wish you a bigger impact in the world. And thank you for participating. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to listen further to more of your interviews. 